Welcome to the Empowering the Future of Work podcast from InTech Ideas. The world of work has changed dramatically for companies and their team members. It's almost like someone hit the fast forward button, creating a new normal for work. The challenges we're encountering are endless, but there is a better way. This podcast focuses on tips, tricks, and topics to help you to excel in this new normal. We'd love for you to join us after the show when we host discussions about each topic on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now let's get started. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us again today. I'm excited today to have Lauren Mabra joining us from Bluebird Marketing to talk about digital marketing for organizations and how that's going to impact the future of work. Lauren, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's my first podcast, so I'm really excited to see what we can get into. <laughs> awesome. Well, this will be fun. This will be fun. So tell us a little bit about your background, because I know you, you have uh, an interesting background and uh, started becoming an entrepreneur at an earlier age. So tell us a little about yourself. Sure. Um, so I started freelancing and kind of dabbling with marketing when I was 15, just doing little Fiverr gigs and getting a feel for making money online. Um, I actually come from a whole family of entrepreneurs, so it's kind of in my blood. Um, and then I went to college, I went to USF and graduated. I, I was working for a web development startup for a minute, but I knew long term that my vision was to launch my own thing. Um, just because I see a lot of gaps with connecting um, data, technology, and um, marketing all together to drive results for people. So here I am. Maybe it's crazy that I officially launched during a pandemic, but um, it's been a long time coming. I think I actually uh, started building over a year ago, but officially launched during this crazy year of 2020. Yeah, so you got got started on Fiverr at fifteen. So that's you know, oddly enough, I don't think that's all that uncommon these days. I think there's no. there a lot of a lot of younger folks are are taking that approach. Yeah, um, definitely. And it's it's interesting, you know, a lot of people have concerns about starting businesses during recessions and economic downturns. But the reality is, if we look back historically, some of the best and strongest businesses are actually built during rough markets. Um, and this, this might be a little bit more than a rough market or volatile market, but, um, you know, the opportunity is still the same, but the interesting thing, you know, when we were talking about, um, digital marketing as it relates to the future of work and what organizations are really having to look at is that, um, this is something that's going to become more and more important for folks, particularly during this, these economic times and, you know, in the middle of a global pandemic, when kind of normal means of marketing are really dramatically disrupted. Um, and, you know, getting getting to talk to their customers and clients um, is not the same path as it used to be. So, you know, tell us a little about Bluebird and kind of how you, you know, what your focus is and what you're leaning towards and helping organizations with digital marketing. Yeah, so you're totally right. I mean, we saw a huge shift to digital during this year, um, more than ever before, since people really had no other way to see and reach their customers. Um, pretty rough transition for some businesses, really awesome for me, because that means that business was still booming, people needed help more than ever. Um, but can you repeat the question? 
Well, and actually, just to, to catch on something, a lot of people don't realize it, but it's, you know, in this in this current situation, organizations, companies need a lot of help, right? Um, and so a lot of businesses are doing doing very well, um, and a lot of them are not doing well. That's kind of the, the downside to a bad economy. But, um, you know, you're bringing something to market in, in Bluebird marketing that organizations are really going to demand. So tell me a little bit about what you're focusing in on for Bluebird. And how are you helping organizations? Sure. So as far as services goes, um, I do social media, paid ads, SEO, and web design are, are the main things. But I feel like when you offer marketing, since it's a big puzzle and you have to offer all these different pieces of the puzzle, you kind of do everything. But I would say those are the main um, focuses. But as far as like what I'm doing differently and like trends that I'm trying to follow and incorporate in the in my clients work is really personalization and adding that every step of the way for the customer's journey. Because like you said, all these companies are finally catching on to, okay, we need to get on digital, we need to start offering ads, or we need to make sure our website is um, showing up at the top of Google. So then you get all this noise, you get a ton more competition, it's saturated. So what makes you set yourself apart? Like what makes your copy and what you're posting out or what your, um, your campaigns are doing, what makes that cut through to your, the right audience with the right message to get them to buy from you or to get them, you know, you're positioning yourself in their mind in some sort of way. Um, so that's what I'm focusing on is really honing in on who we're speaking to, making sure it's the right message to the right audience on the right channels. Now it's it's an interesting dilemma because and I think when we talked last about this particular topic I mentioned that you know a few years ago it was very common for me to get customers coming to me and say I need a mobile app and the CEO would come and you know be super excited about it and they hadn't had this mobile app and then I would say what do you want to do with it or why do you want a mobile app and probably 9 times out of 10 they couldn't immediately answer the question with a meaningful response it was often my competitors have it or everybody's on mobile. Um, and, you know, that in itself is not a sufficient reason to go do something. And, and, you know, I feel the same thing is true with digital marketing in particular. Everybody now is running to figure out ways that they can get in front of customers leveraging digital marketing, but they may not necessarily always know why or what they want to focus in on. How do you work with customers and what do you recommend to them, you know, as they're kind of starting this digital marketing journey? Yeah, you made a great point because I deal with that all the time. Like part of what I do is just getting to getting to figure out what they actually need, not what they're telling me because that isn't always the same thing. So a lot of companies will say, oh, we need to grow our social media following. And I say, okay, why? And they say, well, we just do. You know, we, we, want, we want more followers. Right. And at the end of the day, I can... Uh, me or anybody else can buy them 10,000 followers and they have 10,000 followers by tomorrow. But in the reality, it's like, you don't, you don't need 10,000 followers to make $10,000. You don't need even a thousand followers. Um, so things like that, it's like vanity metrics that don't really mean anything. And you have to take a step back and really listen to the customer. Like, okay, you say you want followers, but in reality, you want more people, you want more people to see you, you want to show up in front of more people, or you want more traffic to your website. Um, so 
just getting down to what what the actual problem is is um, what I have to do, and I do that by you know most of the calls I have with new clients is I'm not really talking, I just listen, and by just asking a few questions, we'll get down to the bottom of it. And I'm like, okay, so you don't want 10,000 followers. What you need is more traffic to your website. Um, so it's just unraveling it that way. And I well, think- it's, it's not, it's not just any traffic though, right? So it's to your point, it's, they need to be really thinking about getting the right eyes there. Yeah. If you have, you know, if you have 10,000 followers, but none of them are going to buy your product. So what? Exactly. It doesn't, doesn't matter. And I actually have a blog coming out that that kind of talks about like tactics versus strategy when it comes to marketing. And um, I'll get a lot of clients who say, hey, how do we start using Snapchat or how do we start using TikTok? And I'm sitting there thinking, you're an enterprise software company. I don't think that you need to be on TikTok where the, the audience is on average, you know, very, very young and they don't really have they're, you know, they're not related to who you're actually trying to reach right. at all. And for that reason, you will not catch me doing TikTok dances with marketing tips <laughs> around it. I'm sorry. Right, right. Um, yeah, so, I think the same, safe to say the same thing for us as well, though. <laughs> Although I've been, I've been enlightened that actually some people are being successful on, on TikTok. But, yeah, you know, I think it's probably what's appropriate. Exactly. And that's not, you know, I'm not saying that you won't be successful as a dancing TikTok star at all. But what I'm saying is I think that intention needs to be built into every single aspect of your business and its marketing, because I know that a lot of companies think that we need to show up on every single channel possible, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest. But in reality, that's a lot of work. (laughs) First of all, every single one of those platforms is used differently. Instagram, for example, is completely visual, like you need good looking pictures. And compared to LinkedIn, that's um, textual based, you know, text posts with no picture can do really amazingly on LinkedIn. So there's no way if you're juggling six different accounts that you can use them in the way that your audience expects them to be used. So If you're not using them with intention and you're not using them in the way they're meant to be used, you kind of stick out like a sore thumb or, you know, nobody listens to you. Either way, it's not a very good look. (laughs) So it would actually be possible to to damage your brand by using some of those channels the wrong way. Exactly. That would would be the likely thing if I went on TikTok that would happen. (laughs) Uh, on top of probably mortifying my kids, but that that might actually have some That too. That's a bonus. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So- you know, you, you talk about vanity metrics and, you know, people are really enthralled by, you know, I've got a million followers or whatever it may be. You know, what are the other that act, other meaningful elements, things that are actually of value when you're looking at your digital marketing strategy? What things should companies be focusing in on? Yeah, well, I mean, it goes back to your strategy. So say your strategy is let's go back to the example of um, getting more website traffic and you want to boost the sales or the bookings on your website. So um, like my advice is always to try to get your audience off of the platform that they're on and onto your website, whether it's to like the conversion could be to call you to book, um, to book an appointment or, or to even sign up for your email newsletter. But that way you're actually taking this Instagram audience, for example, or whatever platform it is and making it your own because if a platform 
owns all of your audience. What happens when Instagram changes its algorithm or what happens when you wake up and Instagram is down that day? It's like, you don't, what, you don't get to talk to your people. Um, so it's all, it all goes back to your strategy. So say, you know, you're, you're posting on Instagram, um, likes and, you know, likes and comments. Okay, cool, whatever. But there's more weight in things like shares and saves so that you know, okay, this is actually resonating enough with my audience for them to reshare it with someone or for them to save it to go back to later. That's pretty powerful. And then you can go with, um, you know, you can track uh, profile visits, which is good. It means, you know, new people are, are accessing your profile. That's cool. But what weighs more is website visits. And you can say like, okay, I'm actually driving a targeted and a new audience to my website. And right. that way you can, you can track what they're doing on it. You can build your email list. Um, so, you know, there's, there are little things, there are little metrics like, like and following that, you know, they have some weight to it because you, obviously you want to grow your account. You want a bigger audience, but um, at the end of the day, you want to make sure like these little things are actually adding up to your bottom line, which means boosting the conversions, boosting your, your ROI. Right. It's, you know, it, it's interesting to think about how, you know, what brands are appropriate for what different channels do you, you know, depending on what the social media strategy is, is it, is it better to start with, with one or trying a bunch of different ways? You know, obviously for websites, AB testing is kind of a common path to understand what works. What's kind of the recommendation around social media specifically? Yeah, I mean, A-B testing is good for whatever you're doing because if you go crazy and you experiment with so many different things, you won't ever know what the issue is or what works and what, what doesn't work. Um, for social media, I suggest that businesses start with two to three, actually only keep two to three, um, and they base this on the audience that they're trying to reach, whether that's demographics or, you know, maybe you can even factor in what you like using. Because if you don't like using the platform, it's going to show through. You know, people people expect authenticity. And if you're not excited to be on that platform, if you hate Instagram, like that's going to show through what you're posting. So that's what I would say. I would say base it off of what you like. Um, what your audience is using, like where they're showing up and go from there. But I wouldn't recommend going, you know, using anything over three platforms unless you don't, you don't really need to be everywhere. No. Be where it's important. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Now, one thing that actually, and we've, we've run into this a couple times already, and I wouldn't say we're prolific on social media, but we're getting better. We're trying and we're trying to focus in on the places where, where our customers are. Um, but what do you do when you get negative social media or you get trolls or you get, you know, you hear about all these, these horror stories. Um, and I'll, I'll use one example. We did have somebody that posted a comment, just a totally random comment on a post that had gone out, not even related to what the post was about. And fortunately I've got a lot of smart people around me and they said, don't respond. Right. So what yeah. do you do when you have that kind of situation? I think it's definitely case by case. Um, if someone's saying something bad about your brand, that gives you a really awesome opportunity to address it. Um, I think I've seen so many companies have bad reviews and they just leave it. 
That's like the, that is, okay, if you're going to take a note from this, that is number one, do not leave bad reviews there unanswered because it just is not a good look. And again, you can take it as an opportunity to, to find out why they're unhappy. You can learn more about your customer. Like it's just a great opportunity all around. And the way you deal with um, bad reviews is going to be seen by new and potential clients too. Um, so I would say definitely respond to it if it's a negative review or a negative comment. As far now, as one, one, more question, one question on that. So if, if you respond to the negative review, I've seen very often where, you know, they'll put the support line or an email address as the response, right? They say, sorry to hear you had this problem. Contact us here. Yeah. Is that kind of the recommended path? What, what should you do? Um, no, I mean, nobody, that's like the same as you having frustrations with, you know, you're on, you're on tech support, you have frustrations and you have to talk to a robot. That's kind of the same thing. You know, you get gotcha. these canned responses. You're not, you want to be heard and you want a real person to hear the issues you have. So, um, no matter what you do, whether it's a negative thing that you're dealing with or positive, I think in everything you do, you should be human. So I would address it like a human. And then obviously you don't want to have like a war, like a Facebook war or a war in the comments. So I would definitely address it and then say, hey, let's talk about this. You can reach us here. I love that. You know, we talk to, to our customers about focusing on a people first strategy. And that's that really carries over into your social media and how you're dealing with people in that um kind of particular way it's it is it's very it's very easy to punt but i can see what you're saying if you're authentic about your response and you really bring it back to you know showing that you are you are a human business you're not a robot this is not this is about people and you want to deliver a good service or a good product um that really shows through and it can show through in in your responses for sure yeah um, and i think that that brings up a good point as um you know as as the the industry gets more saturated or marketing, you know, online marketing gets more saturated, uh, we're shifting from personalization and, and humanizing your brand as being a luxury to now it's expected. Like nobody wants to hear about your product all the time where, you know, you're just pushing your product, pushing your sale. Um, nobody wants to read your blog. That's super dry and boring. People want to read fast paced things that are, it's actually in a tone of how we speak, you know, sure. I'm breaking all the rules of grammar that we learned in high school or college, but I start sentences with and, or, but, you know, stuff like that. Um, right. it's just, it makes a difference and it, it makes your brand come to life and it's like, wow, okay. They're actually human. Um, their stuff is, is interesting to read and, uh, it's fast paced. Now kind of switching to, you know, from the, the current norm in, in social media and talking about kind of some of the, and I'll call it traditional, maybe it is now traditional, the old school digital marketing of, of paid advertising and, and promoting through search and keywords and SEO. Um, does that still play a factor today in, in, in the world where everybody's trying to market on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn? Oh, you know, yeah. Is there still a traditional Google and Bing search marketing strategy? Um, I mean, that isn't considered traditional to me yet. Traditional is like coupons and newspapers and mailers and things that are offline. That's more traditional TV. Well, that's, that's great to hear. <laughs> yeah. So you're not, you're, you know, you're, it's fine. <laughs> Um, 
but when it comes does that play in the key piece of the strategy though how does that kind of come together yeah so um Actually, I have a blog on this too, <laughs> coming out soon. Awesome. And but, if you haven't seen it, it will be in our show notes. We'll make sure we, <laughs> we link that back. Yeah. Um, I actually have a blog that focuses on how social media might not be for you. And I, I might have posted about this on LinkedIn too. But um, I think we are in this, this time where, you know, businesses are like, oh, I need to be on social media. I really need, you know, all you hear about is social media. But at the end of the day, um, it, it might not be for you because if you are only, if, if your marketing strategy only rests on social media, you probably won't be successful. Um, that's just, that's just the reality of it. You know, like marketing is meant to be diversified and it's an investment. So, um, there are a lot of small businesses who think, you know, oh, I can just, throw a couple hundred bucks into this and the customers will be just banging down the door. But right. it's a very um, long-term strategy. Like content marketing and social media marketing is a very, very long-term strategy. And I'm not saying that you won't get results tomorrow or next month, but if you're expecting um, to be an overnight success, Unfortunately, that's not how it is. Um, like right. with anything worth having, you have to put the work in and you have to trust the process. It is an investment. I always, I always push that marketing is an investment, not an expense. So um, it's going to take time. But you know, you are you are showing up for your audience and you are showing up as the expert. And hopefully, you know them well enough to know the questions that they're wanting to know or you know the needs that they need addressed. And you're showing up consistently for them. So even if people aren't ready to buy, I've had customers who maybe reached out to me one time and I helped them or I, I answered their question, whatever. And then six months later, they're like, hey, I'm ready. Let's do this. So you never know who's got their eye on you. And maybe they're not ready to buy right now, but who's to say that they they'll be ready to buy in a few months or in a few weeks. And you're, you know, guess who's top of mind, the, the expert who's been answering their questions and, and making their life easier. And you've had, you know, the last 20 minutes, we've had a lot of good insights and kind of tips. If you have one thing to kind of leave our listeners with, what's the one thing you would advise kind of companies to think about as they start down this, this journey of digital marketing? Um, I would say, uh, an issue that almost every small business owner has, including myself with my own stuff, uh, consistency. So whatever you are wanting to, <laughs> whatever you're wanting to try or start, um, could be social media, could be paid ads, whatever you want, no matter what you do, just make sure you're consistent. Because like I said, marketing is not going to give you these amazing, amazing results by tomorrow. Um, so making sure you're consistent with it is going to be key. And that's, I mean, that's anything with business. I would say is if you're not consistent with it, um, you can't really expect to have the ROI that you're looking for. Right. That's, that's a great tip. That's a great tip. Lauren, thank you so much. Uh, this is a great conversation. I know our, our listeners are going to love this one. Um, if you want to connect with Lauren or see some of the articles she talked about, we'll include all that information in our show notes. Um, so you'll be able to reach out to Lauren and Bluebird Marketing 
um, as well as the blogs we talked about. And we'll have some other other tips and other information on digital marketing for your business um, in our show notes. And again, Lauren, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Empowering the Future of Work podcast. Don't worry if you think you've missed something. We include everything in the show notes. You can also participate in the conversation by heading over to intechideas.com and clicking on the podcast link. You'll find information on each podcast plus links to our social media channels to continue the discussion. Finally, make sure to subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. Until next time.